Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Acts chapter 1, let me get over there. Really, it's not. It's really where you really begin to learn about faith, and that is in your spirituality. Understanding that you're a, you're a spirit being, understanding how God has deposited His Spirit in your spirit. You are now one with Him in Christ. And the work and the purpose of the Holy Ghost in your life or the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, the reason I said that or the reason I was qualifying that, we're talking about faith for spiritual things, is this. Most of the time when we think about faith, we think about faith for the material. You know, for a healing for our body, that, that would be physical, so we would say that would be material also. Or, uh, you know, faith for finances, that would be financial. Or, you know, maybe, a, maybe if you're struggling with your mind and you just need a breakthrough in your mind or your emotions or, or, or praying for your business or, or whatever it may be, you think of applying faith in such a way in which you take your faith in order to bring out of that unseen realm the provision of God that's there for you in Christ and bring it into that situation in your life. Amen? That's what faith does. But when we get over to the spiritual side, you have to understand, you are saved by faith, and you got to stay saved by faith. Let me say that again. You are saved by faith, and you're going to have to stay saved by faith, and your salvation is a growing force in you. Amen. Fernando and... Margarita, God wants you to know you're fixing to get the breakthrough that you've been believing God for and desiring, and not just in one area. There's actually three I see in the Spirit, and that breakthrough is coming. Stay in faith. Don't back off. Don't quit. It's right, it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Hallelujah. So, thank you, Lord. I had to do that by faith. The Lord spoke it to me during the, during the ministry time, and I forgot about it. And I turned, and I saw Fernando's face, and the Lord said, now give it to him now. And so I had to do that. That all works by faith. Now, the reason I'm saying this, because we're going to study a little bit more about the empowering side of the Holy Ghost, that which empowers the baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We need it now more than ever because there's an element of protection, there's an element of leadership and guidance, I'm telling you, that is so necessary for protection that we need it in this day and hour like we've never needed it before. There are things conspiring and things happening on the earth. Listen, number one, the devil doesn't like you at all. He hates you. The world system hates you. They want to destroy anything and everything about you because you're the reason they can't do everything they want. And because of that, there's all kinds of things in the spirit realm that you're going to have to be aware of. I mean, even to the point, and I know people sometimes they get in the ditch, you know, on one side or the other. But even to the point of when you get up in the morning and go to work, even the route you take to work. I've had the Lord tell me before, when I was going different places, don't go that way. He said, well, what happened when you, didn't, when you didn't go that way? Well, nothing happened. That was what was supposed to happen. If I'd have went the way that I wanted to go and got into a big car wreck or something, then I would have missed God. But here's the thing. God is so, so concerned about every little minuscule thing of your life that you might not even think even concerns God, but He is concerned because He wants to keep you, protect you, bless you, and cause you to blossom and bloom in the things of God. 
Now, here in Acts chapter 1, this is the beginning of the move of the Holy Ghost on the earth through the church. There was a small dispensation of time, approximately three and a half years, in which there was a move of the Holy Ghost through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember this about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost upon His life. He had it without measure. He had the full measure of the Spirit. Now listen, we will never have the full measure of the Spirit. You say, why? We have no right to the full measure. We have the right to our measure. The reason He had the right to the full measure is because He was Emmanuel or God manifested in the flesh. Amen. Amen? And He walked in that full measure. But listen, this is amazing. Even in that full measure of the Holy Ghost, he couldn't do everything he wanted to do. He could not. He just, you know, I think some people get the idea that Jesus just got, he just got, you know, he was born on the earth. Then he just went around just acting like God. No, he didn't. He actually, there's no recordings of any wonders, any signs, any miracles, anything supernatural, so to speak, in his life till the Holy Ghost came upon him in John's baptism. When the Holy Ghost came upon him, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. See, he was God in correct relationship. He was, God, he was man, excuse me, man in correct relationship to his God. Are you with me? Now, we get saved, the Spirit comes to abide. But then when we're baptized or when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, which is a separate experience, same spirit, different manifestation, when we are baptized in the Holy Ghost, there is an empowerment there. And we get to drink or taste of a portion of that spirit which should take you from a natural life to a supernatural life. Amen? I trust everything, everything in my life has a supernatural bend to it. Everything. Amen? Amen? You say, well, well, there are things in life, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't believe God for any, any kind of super... Sure, everything, everything in life. I have a group of friends over in Chambers County that I've, I've duck hunted with for years and years and years. And, and the, uh, one of the really good testimonies of this is, is, you know, that preacher, everywhere he goes, the ducks follow him. <laughs> and they've said that for years. Because they'll give me a place over here. Well, we'll give, we'll give Rusty that place over there. They'll kill much over there. And then that year we'll kill a bunch of birds over there. They think, hey, just follow him everywhere he goes. They see the favor of God on me. They see the blessing. One of the great testimonies we have, Alan and I and my dad were hunting with a, with a man named Jim Peters. We've known Jim for years, Big Jim. And they hadn't had any rain. And man, when you pump uh, those rice fields up, it costs water, uh, money to pump that water. And you pump those rice fields up and they start to dry up. And you're looking at another three or four thousand dollars to pump it up, and the, and you know there's not much water in the canal, and the season's starting to wind down. So we were we had finished to hunt, and you could see that water was way down. Those decoys were leaning, and so we just boldly, without any hesitation, I said, "Let's pray." So my dad and Alan and I and Jim just kind of standing there with these big old eyes. We prayed. Now listen, there was no forecast of rain at all. At all. If there was, this wouldn't have been the miracle that it was because they tell that miracle all the time. All of those guys. We, were, we, we had a group of us fishing one time, and we were all talking about the good things of God. We were over in Bolivar, and one of the guys, he was part of that miracle that God did. The miracle was it rained seven inches that night. It rained seven inches that night. Feel those. Am I right, Alan? Filled those ponds up, everybody. And they knew it was a miracle from God. So we're fishing. This is 
15 years later. We're fishing over in Bolivar. We have all these fish we're cleaning. And, and Brian's there. He's one of the guides, and he was part of that that happened, knew that it was a miracle. And so we're all talking about miracles. And he, he doesn't even serve God. But he stepped in and said, let me tell you about a miracle. <laughs> and he told that story about that seven-inch rain that came. Supernatural in every area. Yes, in ministry. Yes, as you serve God. Yes, in your prayer life. But everything that you do, God wants there to be a supernatural bend to you because you're not like everybody else. You have the spirit that abides on the inside and you've got a spirit empowering you that literally God used to create the universe. Verse 4, Acts chapter 1, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which saith ye have have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Everybody say Holy Ghost. Now, people have gotten confused over the years. Well, Pastor, why does sometimes it say Holy Spirit? Why does sometimes it say Holy Ghost? You want to know? When it says Holy Spirit, it's talking about the Spirit of God in its identity. When it says Holy Ghost, it's talking about the Spirit of God in its activity. Amen? You wouldn't say, you know, I've heard people say it. Well, you know, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues. You can say that, but in reality, the correct phrase is to say, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, because that's what the Word says. That talks about the Holy Ghost in its activity. Now, we see here that the baptism or the endowment of power is not an invitation to the world. Jesus said that over in John chapter 14, that the world cannot receive it. That's why you must first be what? Born again. Being born again is the spirit that comes to abide. But now he's not talking about an abiding spirit. He's talking about an empowering spirit, a spirit that comes upon you. This is the spirit or this is the way the anointing worked in the Old Testament. They did not have the abiding spirit. They did not have the abiding spirit, but they had the empowering spirit that did not come upon them by their faith. It came upon them by the sovereign will of God. Samson was one of the biggest examples of that because he'd come on him and he'd do all kinds of supernatural things. He was a superman, but when they cut his hair, he was weak as a mouse. Amen? But thank God we get the spirit of God that comes to abide and empower. Does anybody know how long? Forever. 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 So salvation is what? It is an invitation to the world. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I mean, Calvinism is a demonic doctrine that God chooses one, but he doesn't choose another. That's not true. Anyone, anywhere, at any time can be born again. All they need is the knowledge of two things. Number one, that they are a sinner. Number two, that there is a Savior. That's it. And the Spirit of God comes to what? Abide. But then Jesus, the head of the church, to those that are born again, He commands them to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now go down to verse, for time's sake here, go down to verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. That's the word dunamis or dunamis, which means an outward power. Something that is experienced. You shall receive power. Now notice this. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. After. Now listen. This is not to put anybody down. This is not to in any way be derogatory toward anyone who's not experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But this is the reality by Scripture. There is a power unavailable 
to those who are just born again. Now let me say that again. There is a power unavailable to those who are just born again. But the good news is there is a power available to anyone who is born again who would dare to receive the empowerment of the Holy Ghost, that power is available for you. You shall receive power. Let me say that again. You shall receive power. God does not like powerless Christianity. I mean, you need power to get the sick healed. You need power to cast out devils. You need power to believe God for finances. You need power to grow what God says to grow. You need power to do what God says to do. So many people have been inhibited in their walk with God because they did not. They had an inward witness. They had an inward power. But God wanted to empower them for service so that the kingdom of God could expand through their life. You shall receive power. Now notice this. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, simple little phrase here. And you shall be witnesses. Now, notice that phrase again. It did not say you shall do witnessing. It says you shall be witnesses. So, the Holy Ghost in its empowerment comes upon you. Now, listen. For identity purpose. You say, what do you mean for identity purpose? One of the greatest miracles of the new birth is that you're not the person you were before you got born again. You are now a new creature in Christ. You're now the righteousness of God in Christ. You're now more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. God has given you all kinds of blessings and giftings for your life, and you've got to realize you need a true identity change where you do not draw your identity off of your gender, off of your geographical location, off of your education, off of anything else in your life other than your identity and your connection with God. Who are you? I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. What's the whole world searching for? Identity, who they are. So God says, I'm going to give you a power not to do, not to do, but to be. It's easy to do what you be. <laughs> Let me say that again. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. It is easy to do what you be. It's hard to do what you don't be. It's even hard on others. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's easy to do what you mean. How many ladies we have here? All of our ladies, raise your, raise your beautiful hands. Now look at all these beautiful hands. Now it is not hard for you to be a lady. Is it? Shouldn't be. We had a man come here to the church for a couple of years. The, actually the government called us, a social worker, and said that he was not, uh, all the churches uh, they brought him to, they would not have him. And uh, wondered if we would. And we said, sure. And he was a man having an identity problem. Some of you may remember. He always sat right back here. And he was a man. I mean, he was a square-shouldered, big old man. And the first time he showed up, he showed up dressed just like a woman. And so, and so we loved him. We really didn't have any problems. One little incident we had, and, and uh, you know, that was it. And, and he would come, and, you know, the church would love on him and all this kind of stuff. And over the years, he was here two years. He came on an Easter Sunday and left on an Easter Sunday. He was here for two years. And over the years, very slowly, he began to he quit wearing the hat. He took the earrings off, and then he quit wearing the women's blouses. And I remember he came one time, and he, had a, he was com dressed completely like a man, but he had on high heels. 
And I thought to myself, oh, I'm getting him. I'm, oh, the word is working mightily. Glory to God. Then the last time he came, bless his heart, he came, it was on Easter Sunday, and he came in this yellow chiffon dress with this huge hat with this big old feather. So, you know, what are you going to do? But I guarantee you that's hard to do. I said, that's hard. I would never want to walk in high heel shoes. Roy could probably do it, but I couldn't do it. Amen. But your, your, your identity in Christ needs some power because you're what? You're not in Mohammed. You're not in Buddha. You're not in Confucius. You're not in the Apostle Paul. You're not in John the Beloved. You're not in Peter. You're in Christ. And who was Christ? He was an empowered man. So you need to be an empowered man or an empowered woman. And God says, I want to put the Holy Ghost on you. Now, you're not going to get the fullness of it like Jesus did, but you're going to get your part that's going to empower you to be. You say, well, that takes the effort out of it. Because if you be in Christ, if you be a new creature, if you be the righteousness of God, if you be whatever God says you be, then you be what you be. I like what one preacher used to say. If you see who you be, it will change what you do. And a lot of people have a hard time changing what they do because they do not see who they be. You are the delivered. I need delivery. You are the delivered of God. I need healing. You are the healed of God. I need prosperity. You are the blessed of God. You have to begin to see yourself as God sees you. Every person in the Bible that God appeared to, spoke to, came in vision form, the first thing he did was to show them how he saw them. He did it with Abraham. He did it with Gideon. He did it with David. He did it with Moses. He did it with Joshua. He did it with everyone because he does not want you seeing yourself the way the world sees you, the way your family sees you, the way anybody else sees you. He wants you seeing yourself the way he sees you. He sees you born again. He sees you filled with the Holy Ghost. He sees you more than a conqueror. He sees you healed. He sees you delivered. He sees you rich. He sees you blessed. He sees you full of joy. That's how he sees you. And when you see yourself as God sees you, as you look in the mirror of the Word of God and you see yourself as God sees you, you don't have to make it happen. The Holy Ghost makes it happen. Amen. That was one of the greatest blessings of coming back to the Lord. And within a few months, a wonderful minister sent me an enormous amount of teaching on redemption and who you are in Christ. And from that very day, for over 37 years, I've made a constant confession of who I am. And it's changed my identity. I'm not a poor old sinner saved by Christ. I'm not a recovering drug addict. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Every day I make that redemptive confession. And I say it to who? I say it to myself. I say it to God. And I say it to the devil. This is who I am. I'm not defeated. I'm not overcome. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not confused. Much of what happens to us many times is by permission because of what we say. Then we begin to identify with that problem by what we're saying. The Holy Ghost will empower you to quit talking like that and to say what God says about you. 
I tell you, some of you need to begin to confess the favor of God. I've got the favor of God. I've got the favor of God. God's favor is upon me. God's favor is upon my business. God's favor is upon my job. God's favor is upon my education. God's favor is upon me. I am favored by God. Oh, thank God the Word of God says He has engraven me in the palm of His hand. That's literally the word. He has tattooed you on the palm of His hand. I am the apple of His eye. He loves me with an unmeasurable love. Do you see yourself that way? You have to. That's what he's talking about. You shall be, now notice this, witnesses are evidence producers. People know who you are by what's produced in your life. And I've seen, bless their hearts, bless their hearts. I've done everything I can do to try to help people like that. They love God. They claim Christianity as their belief and belief system. But they fight anything that comes into their life that has to do with faith or with them getting involved in anything from the Word of God by the Spirit. And they live such defeated lives. Defeated lives. We we had a a fishing guide we knew. Alan and I and my dad fished with years ago down in Baffin Bay. And he he was backslid is what he was. God sent us down there to try to restore him. He was a Baptist pastor. and He got what he called a environmental disease, but I noticed the environment of Baffin Bay didn't hurt him too bad. That's a joke. Amen. So my dad's got kind of a way. He's a unique man. And so we got down there and, you know, got to kind of cutting up with him and stuff like that. Then we got kind of serious and figured out this guy's a backslidden pastor. He'd pastored for, what did he say, 20 years, I think. And so we ministered to him, got him restored, prayed with him. But he just wouldn't buy into it. I mean, he, he, he restored himself to God because I talked to him right before he passed away, made sure he was right with God. He restored himself to God, but as far as actually seeing himself as God, he couldn't see it. Oh, I tell you, I've missed God. I've missed God. And he'd get all emotional. I'd go to his house and I'd be preaching in Corpus and visit. I've missed, I've missed God so much, Rusty. My life is such a... God's so disappointed with me. I've messed up the church. I've messed up the calling. And he just... I said, shut up! Shut up, listen to how you're talking. And we could never convince him he needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But honey, there are people that are hungry. There are people that are hungry, and I guarantee you it'll change them like that. We were uh, doing a lot of ministry up in Central Texas, and a a man kept coming to these meetings that I was holding, and he came to me after a meeting, and I think it was in Oakwood, and he came to me and he said, would you come to a Baptist church? I said, sure I will. So he invited me to do, D-E-W, Baptist Church. Anybody ever been to do? Not many. Not many. Do is between Fairfield and Buffalo. You know, these sprawling metropolises up in central Texas. (laughs) So I went to do Baptist Church. Walked in there. I went in there. The people seemed kind of excited. And and there was about 250 people. The place was full. And I got up and te- taught on the baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, gave an altar call, and every person in the place raised their hand. And every one, I prayed one prayer, and every one of them got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. What do you think that did? Well, the next year I got invited back to do a Sunday through Wednesday revival, but not at Do Baptist Church, at Grace Fellowship of Do Texas. Same building, different sign. And that church is still a Holy Ghost church to this day. The pastor, original pastor passed away and the son's pastor now. But listen, they were hungry for it and it literally changed their identity even to the sign on the church. 
Now, I'll close with this. My time's up. Since we mentioned the Baptist. <laughs> Baptist doctrine has a pretty strong strain of Calvinism in it, but they do believe in the new birth. And they very much believe you must be born again. And there are some tremendous soul winners in the Baptist religion. I call it a religion because it is of man because they don't believe in the fullness of what God's done through redemption. They believe that's something that's coming, not something that we have. Now, a conversation that would go on between the average Pentecostal, Assembly of God, Foursquare, Charismatic, whatever, and a Baptist, born-again Baptist, would go something like this. Do you have the Holy Ghost, the Pentecostal would say. And the Baptist would say, yes, I have the Holy Ghost. And then the Pentecostal would say, do you speak in other tongues? And the Baptist would say, no, I do not speak in other tongues. And the Pentecostal would say, well, then you don't have the Holy Ghost. Now, in that conversation, who's right and who's wrong? Well, who's right is the Baptist. Who's wrong is the Pentecostal. You say, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, they have the Holy Ghost. They got it in the new birth. The Holy Ghost abides the way that should be phrased. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? You say, what do you mean by that? Well, they've received the Holy Ghost that abides, but they haven't received the empowering power of the Holy Ghost. And there's so much resistance against that. I noticed there was a, you know, all this stuff went on back in the, in the, in the late 80s with some, some powerful preachers that kind of fell and got in trouble. But they never showed their campuses or their minister facility. They always would show some snake handler from Kentucky fixing to drink strychnine that didn't have any teeth. They said, now this is a Pentecostal. They didn't show Oral Roberts' campus, Rhema Bible Training Center, Lakewood Church. They didn't show none of that. You know, they'd show something from the mountains of Kentucky. But in reality, salvation is that abiding spirit. It is the same spirit. The, Jesus said it like this in John chapter 14. He shall be in you and shall be with you. So that empowerment, that's what the quote charismatic move was all about. It really, really wasn't about healing. And it really wasn't about salvation. It was about this tremendous hunger that God put in the hearts of people who were born again to be empowered. And th I talked to my dad one time. Uh, my dad, I said, I said uh, because I knew he had been in a lot of those charismatic meetings, and they were in a meeting with a man named Morris Sorello. Morris has gone on to be with the Lord recently. But they were in a meeting with him, and he said, Rusty, we were at the uh, Hoffines Pavilion, and he said there were thousands of people, and they gave the altar call, and he said literally the front of that whole thing, he said there must have been 1,500 people. He said, my, your mom and I, we prayed for at least 400 to, be, to receive the Holy Ghost. That's what was going on in the charismatic move. And most of it did not take place in the church because the church, for the most part, rejected it. So God put it in the big ballrooms and, the, and in the big coliseums. And in mass, thousands and thousands of thousands of Catholics and Baptists and Methodists and Lutherans and, and all kinds of denominational people were baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And many of them came on over into a Pentecostal lifestyle. Now, don't let the word Pentecost, don't let it warp your mind. I'm what does that mean? That's talking about this event that took place when the original church, the first church on the planet, which was 120 members strong, all got empowered. That happened on the Feast of Pentecost. Thus, the Pentecostal experience. So what we see today, what's uh, Christopher's 
Alam's, uh, yeah, but it's supernatural. Anyway, it, it talks about the, the supernatural fire, the supernatural power of God. And he's seen close to 35 million people born again with countless signs, wonders, and miracles. What is that? That's the power of God. Even here at Island Church, we can, small as we are, and as little effect as we may have in the world itself, we do what we're supposed to do, do what we can do. We've still seen many signs, wonders, miracles, many wonderful, powerful things that would not have ever happened unless we believed in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now, in closing, that's the issue. Chapter 2 talks about all of that 120 being in one accord, one place. Suddenly there came, the Bible says, a sound from heaven as is a rushing mighty wind. And the Bible said it filled the place where they were sitting and there appeared upon them cloven tongues and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now that's where the confusion comes in is the well, Pastor, I just don't understand those tongues. Well, I don't either. Because there is not any design in the baptism of the Holy Ghost for your natural mind to understand. So real quick, let me help you. Let me give you an illustration. How many have a tongue? Don't stick it out. I saw that. <laughs> most of the time, I don't know, hopefully most of the time, your tongue is connected to your brain to your intellect. In your intellect, you have the ability to do what? To assimilate and transmit thought. Amen? I could be thinking about going fishing. I could look at George back here. We've fished together many times. Say, hey, George, you want to go fishing? You know, easy thing to do. I would be able to think about that, think the thought, assimilate the words, put them together. You do it unconsciously. Meet George out in the foyer. I see him. I say it to him. I transmit it to him. He understands exactly what I say. Amen? Comprehensive thought, assimilated, transmitted. Now, the tongue has an amazing ability. James calls it in his book an animal. <laughs> Who can tame it? Because what is unique about your tongue is its disconnect ability. Has your tongue ever disconnected itself from your brain? Have you ever said something you thought, I wish I'd have never said that? Hooked to your disappointment, your fear, your anger. People talk about, that's just the whiskey talking. That's exactly what it is. Your brain has disconnected from your mind and hooked to a bottle of Jack Daniels, and so old Jack is doing the talking. He's talked a lot of people out of a lot of things, too. Amen? God uses that. You say, what do you mean? As you come, as you receive, as you lift your hands, Father, I'm a born-again believer. I want the Holy Ghost. I want that power in my life. As you come to an altar or to a place and you lift your hands and you say, Father, I believe I receive, then what God gives you is an utterance. He gives you something on the inside that gives you a stirring, gives you a moving. It may be just one sound. Uh. Literally. I mean, we talked about Brother John, Pastor John Osteen, who was a powerful, powerful Baptist pastor in which the Spirit of God abode. He was born again, being groomed for one of the largest megachurches in Houston. But in the crisis of his life, he sought the Holy Ghost and was prayed for and got one word, O Tolio. And so he went to a hotel room and he says it like this. It's his testimony. I O Tolioed till the Holy Ghost fell on me and I got what I wanted. 
So that's God's ability to do what? To disconnect your brain, disconnect your tongue from your brain. It doesn't make that sound when you do it, though. That's my sound. <laughs> and then he puts it where? He hooks it to your spirit. So it's not the Holy Ghost talking through you. See, that's what a lot of people... That's, no, it's the Spirit of God in you finding expression. How? Through your lungs, your breath, your vocal cords, and your willingness to yield to it. That is faith for the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's faith. And every time you lift your hands and you you are exercising faith. And your faith gets stronger and you get more fluent. Just like a little baby that gets born. You don't say, three years old, now say something. And they say, well, I've been meaning to talk to you for the last three years, but you've never asked me anything. No, they just go gaga, goo goo. They just barely learn. And then they eventually learn how to say dada or mama or whatever they say. Amen. Then what happens? Language. I remember when Breland, when she first came alive to speaking, oh, we laughed. She just would turn it on, and it would just come out. We went floundering, Lee and I and, and, and Alan went flounder fishing, and we took Breland, and so we purposely stuck Breland up in the front of the boat with Alan. <laughs> Breland was maybe three and a half or four years old, so she sat up there and told Alan everything he needed to know about flounder fishing, just on and on and on and on and on. So her brain was hooked to their intellect. There just wasn't anything up there. <laughs> but there's something in here. And the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, when I speak with an unknown tongue, 1 Corinthians 14, my spirit by the Holy Spirit speaketh. The number one thing the Holy Ghost empowers you to do is to get to know the real you on the inside, to know yourself. You know yourself physically. You know yourself soulishly. But many of you do not know yourself spiritually. And God wants to so empower you. It says it like this in Isaiah, that I could lead you with my eye. That's a parental term. You ever had your parents look at you and you know what they were saying and they didn't, there hadn't to be any words there at all? That's why he gives you the Spirit of God. He gives you a language that your natural mind cannot encroach on. He gives you a language the devil cannot encroach on. And he literally uses it to speak the mysteries of his will and desire into your heart and into your life. Then he empowers you for service to come together with a group of people and be a powerful spiritual force in the area where God calls you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands and thank God. Father, we thank you this morning for the Spirit of God that moves upon us for the Holy Ghost in fire, for the power of God that comes upon our lives as the Spirit of God moves in us, through us, and among us. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. Now, I want to invite people back tonight to our prayer school. And if you're sitting in here today, you say, Pastor, I want to get the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you, if you'd pray for me right now, I'd get it. I, I, years ago, Someone asked Pastor John Osteen, because every service they gave an altar for salvation. They gave an altar call. But it was very rare that they gave an altar call for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so someone asked him one time, and he, so in a conference, he said this. He says, no, he says, you know, I don't do it maybe a couple of times a year, maybe two or three times a year. I don't know if y'all remember Fall Harvest 
last year, we had almost 30 people filled with the Holy Ghost right up front. But he said it like this. He says, the reason I don't give an altar call every service for people to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, he says, I want them to come hungry. He said it like this. I want them to come with their tongues hanging out. He says, then I'll know they'll get it. So I want you to be hungry enough. And if you are hungry enough, come back tonight to that prayer school because that's a different atmosphere right there. This is the feeding of the sheep, feeding you the Word of God, enlightening your heart. But listen, if you have, say, Pastor, I've either never been baptized in the Holy Ghost or I, I, I have and I just really struggle with it. Come back tonight and get into that atmosphere and let the Spirit of God just fill you to the brim. And then once you get filled, stay filled. And I guarantee you, it'll help you. It'll bless you. And you will walk in that empowerment all the rest of your life for eternity. Amen? Bow your heads for just a moment. Nobody looking around. Just make sure everyone is right with God. We want you to get right, be right, stay right with God. If you hear you say, Pastor, I've never really been saved. I don't know if the Spirit of God is abiding in me. That's so simple. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's very easy, the instructions of the Scripture. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. God raised Jesus from the dead. You shall be saved. You say, well, I, I thought I had to go do something. No, you do. You have to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Secondly, times come, the stress of life, the devil, the world, our own flesh. We get away from God. We break our fellowship. That's why this day is such an important day to me. Because for over 12 years, my fellowship was broken. Thank God the relationship I had with God was not broken. I would have died. The devil would have killed me. But on that March the 7th, 1984, I got on my knees and I restored that fellowship. And God, in His mercy, welcomed me home like the prodigal son. You hear today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I, I've, I've been saved, but I'm just not living right. I'm not doing right. I, I have broken that fellowship, but I need that fellowship restored. So either two of those getting saved or getting right with God. You'd like me to pray with you? If that's you, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Anyone at all. One hand, two hands. You can put your hand down right after you raise it. You can put your hand down right after you raise it. Anyone else? If you've not raised your hand, two people have raised their hand. Anyone else? Help me, ushers. Real quick as I look around. Anywhere else? Very good. Okay, now everybody look this way. This is how we've been doing it recently until the Lord changes my heart. This is how we're going to continue to do it. Two people have raised their hands, so I want everybody to stand. And we're all going to pray a prayer out loud. Is that okay, church? And you two that have raised your hand, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray that prayer out loud so that your own ears hear it. And once you pray that prayer, you settle it. I'm right with God. I've gotten right. I'm going to stay right. Amen. And the rest of us are praying that prayer in, 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 in uh, cooperation with you, exhorting you and for our own edification. So there is a powerful, what do we study? Faith. Faith principle to what you say. Your words are powerful. Jesus said it like this, by your words you're justified and by your words you're condemned. So the words we're going to speak together as a church this morning are going to justify you and not condemn you. Isn't that good? Everybody ready to pray with them? Out loud. Heavenly Father, right now, I am so thankful you are a God that loves me. In my faults, in my inadequacies, 
you still love me. So today, I boldly proclaim that I believe that you, God, sent your son Jesus, who came to the earth, born of a virgin, who lived a sinless life, who died on the cross, who rose from the dead, who did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. Heavenly Father, areas of my life in which I seem to be so weak, I thank you. You make me strong. I confess those. I turn from those. I repent from any behavior that is unpleasing to you. My faith is in the blood of Jesus, which cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. I declare with my words here at Island Church on March the 7th, 2021, I am born again. The Spirit abides. I am right with God. I will stay right in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. Now rejoice with them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now be sure and tell someone what you did because it's good to testify of the mercy of God in your life. Three simple, quick things. Read your Bible. That's God talking to you. Number two, pray. Communication with God. If you'll talk to God, He'll talk to you. Number three, you need a family. Not a Hispanic, not an not a African, not an Asian. You need a spiritual family. That's called the church. We love you. Why don't you just come right here and you can be part of the family. Amen? Praise God. One more time, give them a big hand clap. Glory to God. Now, don't forget prayer school this evening, church on Wednesday night, all of our prayer times, all of the good things that God is doing. Father, thank you so much for today. Your word, your spirit, your presence, you're so awesome. You're so good to us. As we leave today, our faith for protection is in your word. We declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. A thousand could fall at our side. Ten thousand at our right hand. Only with our eyes we behold and see the reward of the wicked. So in our travels on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, we declare that protection. In the handling of our righteous, our righteous resource that you've given us, at our jobs, at our business, wherever we go, education, medicine, uh, up in the petrochemical plants, our contractors, everyone, we thank you, Father. We are not subject to trauma, to terror, to evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself, and we push back against the flu, against the cold, against the coronavirus, against anything else the devil is trying to form against us, declaring no weapon formed against us shall prosper in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for the witness. That's what we be, not what we do. So this week, we thank you that we will, people will be in our life that are hurting, that are fearful, that need God. Thank you. We'll be an answer to their prayer, a problem to the devil. We'll be a miracle in people's lives this week. We leave this morning walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much, Heavenly Father. We thank you for our church. We love one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.